Hey y'all, you're listening to Damsels in Detroit, the podcast all about women from the city that are killing it in their industries. I'm your host, Evan Webb. Each week, I invite a damsel to come on and talk with me about their life, careers, and why Detroit girls do it better. Hey guys, we're back. Another episode of Damsels in Detroit. This is episode 38. So we're almost to 40, which is very exciting. Yay! And I'm sitting here with Sarah Abend. Um, She is the owner and maker of Grammar. So I'm going to read a little bit about her before we get to our questions. Sarah Aubin is the owner and maker of Grammar, a studio-based art and architecture-inspired ceramic jewelry line. After studying sculpture, metalsmithing, and fashion design at Wayne State University and art education at the College for Creative Studies, Sarah wanted to come up with a way to combine her skills and interests in a medium that could be easily shared. Each piece Sarah creates is individually handcrafted with a focus on form and color, craftsmanship, process, and small batch production. Since 2015, Sarah has sold grammar at indie craft shows and art fairs, and as of 2020, she has a permanent shop inside of Rust Belt Market in Ferndale. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Good. I'm so excited. Me too. I'm looking at some of Sarah's pieces right now. She brought a bunch of them in for me to see, and <laughs> they're even more beautiful in person than they are online. Thanks, so. thanks. That's why I brought them. You know, sometimes photos mm-hmm. just don't do any justice yeah 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 so I'm excited to talk all about your creative process and your inspiration and everything so question one um can you talk about how and when you decided to become an entrepreneur oh (laughs) it was I had always wanted to do something for myself Mm -hmm. in terms of a business um but my moment was sort of a rock bottom moment I was teaching I was an art teacher um and struggling for many reasons in that position. Mm-hmm. Um, you could talk to any teacher today and they could share yeah. <laughs> horror stories, right? So barely making ends meet, working part-time as an art teacher, mm-hmm. really working more than full-time to try and build an art program. Right. I just one day said, stop, stop. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm going to work this hard, yeah, <laughs> this is a mental health choice. Mm-hmm. I'm going to work for myself. So I fortunately fell into an opportunity, rented a house from a friend at very low cost, mm-hmm. and was able to shift towards investing in my business. I yeah. closed a little 401k, mm-hmm. and the rest is history. Was that scary to put? Because you hear so many like, don't pull from your 401k because there's penalties and all of this stuff. And No, I was at the point, honestly, that job was giving me panic attacks. Oh, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> honestly, that was scarier. Mm-hmm. Honestly, um we all go through things in life and there were far scarier things than me just just going for yeah. starting a business. Yeah. Yeah. And so before we got here, you of course sent me like your bio and stuff. So yeah. I was reading that and you said that you came from a family of kind of self-employed or just really creative people. So can you talk about just kind of like how that inspired you in a sense too? Yeah. Yeah. So my father, um, his family are entrepreneur. Well, entrepreneurs, sure. But small business people, they, mm-hmm. um, own an auto body shop. So very hands-on, um, a lot of craftsmanship embedded in that. Mm-hmm. So I watched his side of the family work for themselves. And my dad as well, he was a musician growing up. Okay. So watching him chase after opportunities, doing that as an independent musician. Mm-hmm. Um, but also he had his, we weren't calling them side hustles at the time, yeah. but he was doing things out of the garage, mm-hmm. building speaker cabinets and okay. other kind of creative building things. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I 
I always had that in my forefront. Yeah. That's nice that you had that too because I feel like sometimes a lot of people don't and they tell their families like, oh, I want to start my own business or whatever. And they're like, uh, why? Yeah. <laughs> like, why, why are you what's, doing this? What's that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. So yeah. it's nice that you kind of had like, oh, I can, I see how this went already or I see how it worked for somebody else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, in high school, one of my first jobs was working for a small mom and pop shop. Okay. So I also saw it from a, retail side of things too mm-hmm. like you know this man isn't running a giant corporation he's right. running this little skateboard shop yeah you know and he's, he has a family mm-hmm. and he can do that and then I also worked for a friend who opened a boutique in 2006 was it so mm-hmm. I've always had that perspective too yeah growing up yeah yeah so how did you come up with the name grammar oh that's a good question Oh, I brought the book, but it's in the car. Oh, okay, so I'll show it to you later. But okay. there's a book called The Grammar of Ornament, mm-hmm. which in college when I was studying metalsmithing with a man by the name of Evan Larson, mm-hmm. he had us all get this book called The Grammar of Ornament, okay. which looks at architectural and design motifs mm-hmm. um, from cultures, mostly Europe, Asia, and Africa. Mm-hmm. The man that wrote the book was from England, so he was in, in that region. So. Okay. Egypt, Greek, Chinese. That's all I can think of off the top of my head without having the book right in front mm-hmm. of me. But the title and looking at that book and looking at the different designs and how they were assigned to different cultures, like you could tell that's Greek. Okay. Because of, you know, certain, certain design shapes. elements. Okay. Right. Um, it just opened my mind to the idea that grammar mm-hmm. is not limited to words. Okay to verbal language it's also visual mm-hmm. so ever since college I knew I wanted to start a jewelry line yeah and it would be called grammar I just didn't know what shape it would take okay so yeah and then so now that you didn't know that before and yeah. now that we're some years later what has it evolved into what would you say like if you could choose like a couple words to describe what grammar has evolved into hmm. <laughs> what has evolved into my goodness um, I, you know, more than anything, a brand, I guess, mm-hmm. because, wow, that's a tough question. You're throwing <laughs> one at me. Um, mm, you know, I've reflected a lot this last year because mm-hmm. I just hit year four. Okay. Um, and what inspires me to make these shapes kind of came back to me. Um, but one of the other realizations I've made is that my work isn't really about the pieces. Okay. Um, it's about the community mm-hmm. around it, the people, mm-hmm. um, and what, what it does, you know, in terms of bringing people together. Yeah. Um, so if anything, it's evolved into, um, I'm not answering this question very well. You might no. tell crap. I'm trying to you just, are. It's, it's more about, the experience right than the thing yes. for me about the moment mm-hmm. um yeah no, that makes a lot of sense <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> sorry i gave you a really hard no that's one. okay that's a good one that's a good one i might come back to it circle around to yeah. it later <laughs> okay um so your pieces are inspired by art and architecture so yeah. what are some pieces like buildings or sculptures 
that really stick out to you or I guess like really, really inspire you when you're creating? Yes. Okay. So I love this question because it was a recent realization Mm -hmm. exactly what it was because when, you know, two years ago, if you were asking me what inspires you to make your pieces, mm-hmm. it was kind of a, I, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. I like modern art. Okay. I like minimal forms. But um, in September of last year, I was getting ready to do a photo shoot mm-hmm. and working on a project collaboratively um, with my friend Khaled. Ibrahim mm-hmm. goes by Eat Pomegranate, mm-hmm. awesome photographer out of Lansing. Um, I knew I wanted to photograph my lifestyle shots in Detroit mm-hmm. on Wayne State campus okay. where I went to school, you know, where I f- grew yeah. up, my formative college years. And just walking around, it hit me that a lot of my designs mirror a lot of the buildings on campus, mm-hmm. Yamasaki buildings. Okay, um, There's a sculpture on uh, the lawn of the DIA, mm-hmm. it's a Tony Smith Grace Hopper. Mm-hmm. I used to, well, before they had the plants underneath it, years back would sit underneath that sculpture and sketch. So I think what happened is that those designs imprinted on me Mm -hmm. without realizing it um, came out in the line. Yeah. You know, it was really neat. Um, My Marion dangles, for instance, that terracotta pair in the middle of the table. Uh um, There's a Yamasaki building with a moat around it Mm -hmm. right off of Cass that is very similar to that shape. And it's a building that I love. And I constantly drew that shape in my sketchbook. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. Yeah. That was an interesting realization so <laughs> years what, later. If you had to choose like your favorite sculpture in uh-huh. the city, what would it be? My favorite sculpture city? In the, in the, oh, no, in, the, in Detroit. Yep, in Detroit. Um, that's a good question. Probably there's an Alexander Calder sculpture okay. behind the DIA mm-hmm. that was moved um, from downtown Detroit. It used to be... Um, I think AT&T used to own it. Interesting. And I can't remember the story exactly, but it got moved to the lawn or the back. It's not a lawn. It's on concrete. Mm -hmm. But um, it used to be red and now it's black. But it was always a beacon to me because I'd see it almost every day going Mm -hmm. to school. Um, I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember the name of it, but it translates French and it translates to um, a lady and two men or something like that. Okay. But... um, it's iconic, and it's in one of my photos from this last photo shoot, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exciting. That's my favorite. So when you're doing your photo shoots, do you try to, whatever the product is, like take photos around the, the sculpture or piece that kind of inspired it? Recently, or, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like, or is that too literal? <laughs> no, 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 it's not. It's making that realization of my last photo shoot, the connection between mm-hmm. my jewelry and architecture in Detroit. Mm-hmm. I think I will probably keep on that path okay it makes sense yeah but yeah that was the first time i had done that exciting yeah okay so i'm very interested in learning more about your experience with metalsmithing okay because it just sounds very intense to me yeah. like i just picture you with the big like mask on like not setting things on fire like torching <laughs> stuff yeah yeah soldering. um but also like cutting metal like sure. what do you have to do so i just want to know everything <laughs> First and foremost, it is not what you might think. It's okay. actually, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's mm-hmm. much more approachable okay. once you try. Because I actually went into it thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. But really, to actually saw through a thin sheet of metal, mm-hmm. it's not difficult. Okay, It really isn't. It's like sawing through a thin piece of wood. Really, okay. It's just about having the right tools to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it really, If it's an interest you have, 
take a class. There's so many, um, BBAC, CCS, everything, almost every college in the area offers Mm -hmm. continuing education. You could take metalsmithing. Okay. Um, But then on the other side of that, so with metalsmithing, it was a lot of jewelry design and small things, making small objects, but we also did um, forging where you'd heat up a rod of steel Mm -hmm. and hammer that when it got to red hot so that you can shape it. Okay. Um, One thing that I learned in college, you could think of metal almost like plastic. Okay. It's not really a material to be afraid of okay it's a softer thing than you'd think so interesting yeah how hot does it have to get for you to be able to manipulate it like that oh temperature wise Mm -hmm. it's been so long since i've actually made anything out of metal i Mm -hmm. couldn't tell you off the top of my head Mm -hmm. i mean i can tell you how high i have to fire the kiln yeah make my pieces but i mean i would say it's got to be in the thousands Wow. Off the top of my head, mm-hmm. yeah, but don't don't quote me. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so yes, yeah, so all of your pieces too are made out of ceramics, right? Now, right? Okay, right. yeah. So you're doing this at home, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah, well, that's cool. Yeah. And then, how many are you making a day? Like, what is like? Walk me through your creative process. So you have an idea for a new piece. Like, mm-hmm. where do you start? Oh, that's an interesting question because I actually I stopped making new designs all the time okay um because i wanted to slow things down a little bit mm-hmm. and make it less about trying to stay caught up with the seasons mm-hmm. or the fashion industry yeah um so right now other than dropping pieces that don't sell well mm-hmm. um or adding maybe one or two pieces here and there um i'm very made to order so as far as how many pieces i make a week or a month it depends on you know, if I get an order from a shop mm-hmm. or what I need to restock in my store. So I might be making anywhere from 10 pieces a week to 100 in okay. a week. It just depends. Yeah. yeah. So it fluctuates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when you're creating, like, do you have to have, like, music? Does it need to be quiet? Do you like other people in your creative space? Or do you need to just, like, shut everybody out and be alone? Like, what does that look like for you? It's, um, I... I'm alone usually, mm-hmm. so it's hard to say whether or not I'm being – I think another person would be distracting. Mm-hmm. I'm generally – coffee, number one. Okay. <laughs> There's <laughs> coffee nearby somewhere, mm-hmm. and oftentimes my paintbrush ends up in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's clay in my cup at the end of the day for sure. <laughs> um Coffee, music, you know, I'll, I'll, there's Spotify on or just running through mm-hmm. playlists um, or, you know, listening to the radio. Mm-hmm. A lot of NPR gets consumed yeah. in my studio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So another question, too, I have, because when I think about ceramics, I think a lot of, like, pots or, like, sure. super big things that you can just take right off of the, what do you call yeah. the thing that you spin? Uh, um, mm. Or is this different? Potter's wheel. Yes, this is different. Yeah. Ceramics and pottery. See, and I well, think. No, it's the same. Okay. It is the same. That's a good question because a lot of my ceramic mm-hmm. artist potter friends are confused by what I make. They okay. Like, don't understand how I make it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's because I come from a metalsmithing background okay. where it's about precision and tight angles right. and tiny things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't. So I don't identify as a potter i use ceramics and all potters and ceramic artists use ceramic okay so it's it's the same thing okay so you're not spinning the wheel no i'm making these um they're the term would be hand fabricated or hand built okay and then you have to cut out each shape yep and then heat it up yep 
and then no, but it's already glazed before you heat it. No. So okay. okay, so I make a piece out of sheets of clay. Okay. okay? When the clay is still wet, there's still okay. moisture in the clay. Okay. It needs to dry completely and then it gets fired in the kiln mm -hmm. to get prepared for glaze. Okay. And it comes out like a stone, right? And it's okay. a little bit um not rough feeling, but chalky almost is the way mm -hmm. it feels. And it's still porous so that the glaze can sort of seep into it a little bit. Okay. Um, so that gets painted on and applied, and then it goes into the kiln again for one more firing. So they all go through um, two kiln firings. And then from start to finish, how mm -hmm. long does that take? Like you can do it all in one day? No. Okay. No, no. It takes, a, I mean, a couple of days, okay. really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that why it's you do the things in small batches because it would just take like way, like literally weeks for you to do. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I have a smaller kiln on okay. purpose um, mm -hmm. to save on energy. Um, but, you know, and, I, and I'm, I'm only capable of making so many right. pieces as well. Yeah. So there's that limitation there. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm losing the question. Um, <laughs> Back to the question. Sorry. Well, no, because I did. My next question was about yeah. small batching because I was curious to know when you're making like a, a necklace or something mm -hmm. like how many units would you make okay that is a good question mm -hmm. um as much i try to fill the kiln is okay. sort of my my philosophy mm -hmm. um or fill it enough with a certain retail amount of product okay. to make it reasonable for that firing mm -hmm. so i'm trying to be as conscientious as possible for the energy use mm -hmm. which isn't really that great cuz i'm not firing constantly it's mm -hmm. honestly four to six times a month okay um but as far as how many units i make mm -hmm. it depends on what i need to stock for the store or make for an order okay um my thing is not about making so much stock that it's just sitting there right you know yeah yeah because that was one of the things you just mentioned that you listened to the episode with t yes. and she was saying like inventory is so important because you don't want to like overestimate and be like, this is going to sell so well. Like I'm going to sell out of these tomorrow. Right. And then you're sitting on products for a month on end. And now it's like, you either have to like discount it or like give it away. Or exactly. like, what do you do? Exactly. Yeah. 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 And that's the, that's one side of the, the chain that is kind of nice. I don't have a middleman mm -hmm. to go to, to get my products. If I right. need something, I just make it. So yeah. it's, yeah, that's nice. Mm -hmm. But, now, with the materials that you're using, if say if you make something and it doesn't turn out how you want, is that kind of like permanent? Like you can't go back and fix it, or can you like break pieces and like create something else and refire them? Like, what is that like? What if you have to go back to the drawing board with a piece? Like, yeah, what do you do? yeah, that's a good question because it really depends on the issue with the piece. So okay. let's say a piece comes out and the glaze is thin. I didn't put too enough layers mm -hmm. on it. I can reglaze it. Okay. So that's salvageable. Sometimes they come out with a slight flaw. Mm -hmm. um, I sort of have quality control measures, mm -hmm. and I can tend to overanalyze a piece. Okay. <laughs> so um, certain teeny tiny flaws that aren't noticeable looking at it quickly mm -hmm. passes the test. And it's usually no one else can even pick it out. Right. It's just my crazy eyes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, can if it's well, to be honest with you at this point I don't get too many that come out with with issues okay. other than the thin glaze is my number one mm -hmm. issue and that happens maybe 10 20 percent of the time okay. at the most more like probably closer to 10 yeah um I used to have some warpage but mm -hmm. that 
I resolved over years of kind of nailing down my process. Okay. So it's rare. But what I do with those pieces that have slight kind of what I mean by warping is the sides might not be so straight. Okay. They might have gotten a little bit curved. Yeah. I sell those. If they look okay, mm-hmm. I'll sell those at a discount. Okay. You know, I've had sa- seconds and sample sales mm-hmm. where they go to a good home. Okay. So as to not have too much waste. Yeah. I was <laughs> yeah. going to say, because I, I would hate to like do all of that work and then it's like, okay. What now? What? Like, yeah, what no. Fortunately, there's not a lot of issues. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and as far as breaking pieces, um, nine times out of ten, they break um, at their um, joint, mm-hmm. and they can be glued actually, okay. and you can't even tell. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Wow, easy fix. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, also, how do you come up with the names for each of your pieces? I saw that you oh, yeah. said that um, you name them after women you're inspired by. Sure, yeah. So that's with the earrings. I started doing okay. that. So there's um, a pair of dangles called the Janelles, which mm-hmm. is a very good friend of mine who helped me out in a lot of aspects. In mm-hmm. the beginning of my business, she's a ceramic artist and answered a lot of my questions. Yeah. Um, and there's a pair, Melissa, after my sister. Mm-hmm. There's a pair after my niece. Um there's an Anita, mm-hmm. which I actually named after um, Anita Hill. Okay. Because her name had resurfaced a couple years ago, yeah. um, you know, for reasons we know. We don't mm-hmm. have to go into, but um, that was on the radio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was making those and designing those. I don't advertise that on my website mm-hmm. because of, you know, right. potential issues. I'm not yeah. trying to profit off of her name, right. but they're the Anitas for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um there's a Carly named mm-hmm. after the owner of a shop in Detroit mm-hmm. um, who I connected with a couple years ago, so on and so forth. So, yeah. Yeah. Women I know or women who inspire me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Thanks. And do you, like, if it's named after someone, do you just kind of, like, give them a pair? Like, here you go. Like, these are these are your earrings. Like, oh. <laughs> Does Janelle have... Janelle, do you have a pair of Janelle's? <laughs> I don't, actually. My niece is three, so she doesn't have a pair. That, okay. that terracotta pair, those are the mm-hmm. Marians. Okay. Um. My sister has a pair of Melissa's. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to go ahead and ask everybody. Yeah. Like Carolyn, actually, I have a pair, a newer pair of post drop dangles mm-hmm. that a customer helped me design, and I named them after her. Oh. So Carolyn has the Carolyn's. I okay. know that. Um, another customer, I was trying to figure out what to name a new pair, and mm-hmm. she was helping me at a show. Okay. And I looked at her, and I was like, I'm just going to go ahead and name them the Ashleys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to find out if Ashley has a pair. She has one of my pieces, but I'm not sure if she has the Ashley. Yeah. So anyway, sorry. No, that I really love that. Like that is just really it's a nice way to like pay respect or like honor. Homage to women in my Mm -hmm. life who I feel like have, you know, been my Yeah. My my fans, Mm -hmm. my rocks. And like who doesn't like jewelry? Right. (laughs) Oh, you actually remind me, I a couple weeks ago I was talking to somebody about my next photo shoot possibility Mm -hmm. of photographing those dangles on all those women yeah. with, you know, Anita aside. Mm-hmm. Can't get her involved. But um well, make, make mm. I mean hmm. where there's a will, there's a way. That's true. This is true. Yeah. Okay. And I feel like if you just put like a nice little statement together and like send, send it, it to out. somebody. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think this is doable. This is doable. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. We're try. Manifest. <laughs> we, we're gonna so. do it. We just put, we just put that out in the cosmic soup. Let's <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> So as a small business owner, how difficult was it for you to, like, get, like, a physical location, like, to get your stuff in 
in one central spot where somebody can like they always know where to go. Yeah. So I started out um, with a website. Mm-hmm. My first show ever was at the Detroit Urban Craft Fair in Detroit. So mm-hmm. I started out at Indie Craft Fairs and shortly after put up a website. Well, sorry, Etsy. I considered that a website oh, yeah. at the time. And then a couple years later, I shifted over to my own website. Mm-hmm. So that I sort of considered that one place. Um, but it, it took a while um, only because... I wasn't in the metro area for mm-hmm. a while okay. and recently moved back. Mm-hmm. So coming back, um, it was sort of a natural progression of figuring out, okay, Rust Belt Market, this is a toe in the water mm-hmm. of having a brick and mortar. Because right. that's a huge commitment. Yeah. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. Can't afford it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's where we're at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you've been there since this, the August. beginning of this year. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay. August. Yeah, so about six months. Would that be? Seven months. Yeah. Well, that's great. And do you still do like the craft fairs and markets and things or have you kind of shifted away? I've shifted away. Okay. Yeah. I'll do special ones. I didn't do the Detroit Urban Craft Fair Mm -hmm. this year because I had the Rust Belt. It was just too busy. But Mm -hmm. I'll apply um, this coming winter. We'll see. But that one. Yeah. Special place in my heart for that show because it got me started. Mm -hmm. Really. Yeah. Yeah. And then you mentioned you have some stuff at Detroit as a new black, too. Yes. Yes. So how did that relationship come about? Okay. (laughs) So um, my boyfriend forwarded me an email. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it had come from the Michigan Economic Development Corporation on his end. But there was a contest. um, The MEDC, the Michigan Economic Development Corporation, partnered Mm -hmm. with or maybe is Pure Michigan. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm fuzzy on that detail because the process happened so fast. So he encouraged me to apply for an opportunity um, through the MEDC, mm-hmm. partnered with Detroit as the New Black mm-hmm. um, to showcase area artists and their products. Um, so I applied. And a couple weeks later, got an email. You're a finalist. Yeah. And went in and sat down with the owner uh-huh. um, and heard back a few days later that I was invited to showcase my work there for a couple months. Yay. Yeah. So then- what... How many months has it been? It's just been a couple weeks. Oh, yeah. okay. So this is still very new. Yeah, okay. still very new. And what that opportunity does is it, um, it the MEDC sponsors mm-hmm. your space there for a couple months. Okay. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, it is nice. I don't even know how much it costs to have stuff in our store. I don't either. <laughs> I haven't asked yet. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I'm like just looking at some of the brands that like I've gone in and recognized that I know I can afford. I'm like, yeah. I'm sure it's not. A cheap thing. <laughs> so that's nice that they sponsor you. Yeah. So it's for two months. So we'll okay. see what happens after two months. If mm-hmm. the jewelry's doing well, maybe I can stay. I would love because mm-hmm. it's ideally like the best place. It right. looks like a gallery in there. It does. You know, that's yep. my flesh and blood is being in a gallery, you know, mm-hmm. in the art scene. So yeah. yeah, I love the space. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So another question I have is because you mentioned before we started recording that mm-hmm. you're like this is your colors collection yeah. that we're looking at. So I know you guys can't see it, but mm-hmm. some of the earrings are like a really nice, like soft green. And then there's some terracotta. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was it about those colors that kind of stuck out to you? OK, yeah. So I'll start with black and white. Okay. Those are my core colors. Mm-hmm. They're always part of the collection. Um you know, when I, when I started the brand, I looked at um, color forecasting and fashion and, okay. and assigned my colors based on the Pantone color of the yeah. year, what they were looking at. Mm-hmm. And a couple of years later, I dropped doing that. So mint might have come from, I call that green mint. Mm-hmm. So it's really mint, I think. Yeah. Um, 
that came from a forecast, I think, a few years ago. Um, and it's been such a good seller, mm -hmm. and everybody loves it. I've had a hard time letting it go. Because yeah. I actually shift my colors over time, and not so much seasonally anymore, mm -hmm. just when it's time. That terracotta color, that orange, mm -hmm. um, I have been looking at that color for about a year and a half. and okay. just haven't pulled the trigger. Yeah. But noticed it's been a popular color in mm -hmm. fashion. So, like, you know, I don't really necessarily like the industry to guide me, but yeah. let's go for it because people are loving this terracotta color and I love mm -hmm. it. So the time was just sort of right to release that. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I do too. And it's like so the pretty. Same colors in the coat. Yeah, I know it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's that camel brown mm -hmm. orange. Yeah. I yeah. Love it too. I like the mint because I just feel like that's the color that never goes away. Oh, it's classic. Like it's always, I mean, it just always looks good. It makes me think of springtime. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It looks yeah. nice against like so many different colors. Yes. So. I love it. And it's flattering on everybody. Just mm -hmm. like the white. The yeah. white and the mint. It's against yeah. any skin. It's beautiful. I know. Because, well, since you have on the white necklace right now, like, I just oh, like yeah. how it's up against, like, this tan, that tannish color of mm -hmm. your sweater. Yeah. Like, it just makes it pop more. Yeah. So. Totally. That's really cute. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> um. Okay. I have a few more questions. Okay. Before we're done. Um. Let's see. Okay. So, finish the sentence. When someone wears a grammar piece, I want them to feel blank. Mm, powerful. Mm, okay. Yeah. I don't know about you, but when I put a jewelry, I'm not, this is funny. I'm not, I don't really consider myself a jewelry person. Okay. Which is kind of crazy to say mm -hmm. as a jewelry designer. Yeah. But like, that's where I make this. I don't go for like bobbly, jewelry, crystally things. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes, but not so much. So I design it in that sense. But, um, I put on pieces to to feel a little bit empowered, mm -hmm. you know, stepping out the door, you know, from your clothing to right down to topping it off with a piece of jewelry. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I was a huge jewelry person um, growing up. And like whenever I look at old pictures of myself, I'm like, nobody told me that I did not have to wear three bracelets and four necklaces at one time like nobody said hey relax hey you know what you you felt good at the time and it was fun so really that's right. all that mattered and so now I find myself like reaching for the same like three four pair of earrings yeah. like love gold I'm not a huge silver person same. um and I like the shapes that you have especially like the kind of crescent shapes like mm -hmm. I love those like yeah. those are my thing right now yeah. so I don't they just look very classy and like elevated and very modern but it's still kind of fun in yes. a sense so that's kind of what I'm into right now so it's just funny to see like how I over accessorize and now I'm just like oh a pair of earrings will do like that's good right. or like oh like if I wear a statement necklace like I don't want to do a big earring like let me do a small one but before you couldn't tell me anything I'm like statement necklace statement earrings statement bracelet I know I know yeah. I know and I actually yeah when I have customers that try to pair dangles with a large necklace yeah like don't can i can i tell you not to please? yeah some some of them i can't fight they're like adamant like mm -hmm. it's, it's you know to each their own but yeah, yeah. i wouldn't little pair of studs if yeah you wear a statement necklace right and especially yours like they already stand out so much so i wouldn't want to drown it so much i'm like this is the necklace and i want you to see this yeah necklace. right so i'm gonna yeah. wear a smaller earring but agreed yeah now some people it just takes them a minute yeah we gotta go gentle <laughs> baby steps yes <laughs> okay what does it mean for you to be a damsel in detroit oh goodness <laughs> oh you know it 
getting ready to do this interview, I've been doing a lot of reflecting mm-hmm. about, you know, almost 20 years ago, being in college, making friends and who was doing fashion down then, you know, because mm-hmm. Woodward Avenue was a lot different in right. 2001. Yeah. Um, you know, but there there were a handful of people doing some really neat things. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a couple of friends. I don't know if you ever heard of um, Wound Menswear. No. It was around, um, gosh, 2005, I guess. Mm-hmm. Air, you know, they're no longer doing it, obviously, but they had a fashion show on the People Mover launching one of oh, their okay. lines for a season. Mm-hmm. So coming back and moving home, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of, it's, it felt like coming back to a very strange land, okay. <laughs> to be honest with you, but there's still um, a level of, I don't know how to like scrappiness, resourcefulness mm-hmm. that, that feels good. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, this is a question I wish I had time to think about. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think there's a, like, there's a level, I hate the word grit, but that yeah. just comes to mind, mm-hmm. you know, to artists and designers from the area mm-hmm. um you know whether or not you move away and you go to college but you're you're coming back yes yeah. there's, there's i don't know there's something different about those of us that have come up mm-hmm. in detroit yeah I agree. <laughs> so for so we're only two months almost three months into 2020 Oof. so what are some things that you're really looking forward to um when it comes to your business this year this year mm-hmm Building my um, my program, getting into more stores, mm-hmm. you know, working on that outreach. Um, I'm in just under 20 stores right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so working working on that, you know, reaching yeah. people further out. You know, I've got a couple shops in California, but, okay. you know, reaching more states. Yeah. Maybe even good outside of the, the borders of mm-hmm. the United States. So, yeah, focusing on that. Mm-hmm. And then just honestly continuing to make connections mm-hmm. that's really what energizes me yeah. you know like getting up and doing this today mm-hmm. driving over here thinking this is this is just fun yeah. i'm meeting people mm-hmm. you know that's for me what it's all about mm-hmm. yeah and then speaking of the stores that you're in yes um can you tell us where and like where we can shop absolutely and, yeah so okay. if people are not near rust belt like where else can they go yes they can go to city bird okay they love City Bird. Mm-hmm. They've been there for some time. Yeah. Yeah. And actually went to college with Emily. Oh, okay. One of the, the founders. So I love City Bird. Yeah. Um, Detroit is the new black. Mm-hmm. Um, Citizen Yoga. Okay. A few of their locations, which is super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, in Ann Arbor, Found. Okay. It's a, more of a home goods store, but they do have a small selection of um, apparel. Some apparel, I think. I remember bags and jewelry. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, let's see. Ipsilani, there's a little um, shop called Brick and Mortar. They have some of my pieces. That's so cute. Yeah. Oh, Post. <laughs> okay. Post has some of my pieces. Yeah. As far as the Metro Detroit area, mm-hmm. that's where we're at right now. Yeah. Okay. Exciting. Yeah. Hope and I'm then... not forgetting anybody. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Well, hopefully they won't message you and be like, you forgot about it. I know, right? <laughs> Sorry if I forgot you. That's <laughs> off the top of my head. <laughs> going on? And then lastly, where can people connect with you on social and on the web? Yeah. Okay. So my website is uh, www.grammardesignsplural.com. Mm-hmm. And then um, on Instagram, 
there's a bunch of underscores, but mm -hmm. it, honestly, if you just type in grammar, I should come up. You'll see um, a woman wearing a pair of dangles mm -hmm. as the image. Yeah. So on Instagram, grammar, mm -hmm. and then the website. Yay. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming, Sarah. Thanks, Evan. This was fun. I had fun, too. And now you can say you did a podcast. I did a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> First one under your belt. It now is. so easy. Thanks for making it yeah. fun. I'm glad it was me. History maker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As always, guys, thanks for listening. And I want you to remember that Detroit girls do it better. And we'll be back next week.